and happy Mueller Report Redaction Day. Also, more importantly, it's Maundy Thursday. And welcome into the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent with your host, John Rawl. So good to have y'all join us here on this day that we're going to have a good time. We're going to learn some cool stuff. And again, it's Maundy Thursday, so some of you need to be reminded you might need to go into church tonight and observe Monday, Thursday, as we have Good Friday tomorrow and then Easter Sunday, just a few days away. On today's Y'all Show with the General, oh, we've got something special coming up in the next segment. We're having our Civil War Spotlight each week on the Y'all Show in the month of April, and we've already had two authors in the first and second weeks on this installment. Today, you're going to hear the voices of children of the Civil War. We have a lady who is going to be on who is the daughter of a Confederate soldier from Florida. And you're also going to hear the voice of a man whose father was a Confederate, or what rather was a Yankee, a Union soldier from Wisconsin. And there was a recent video I found from National Geographic that had these two recently interviewed talking about their fathers, not grandfathers, not great-grandfathers. Their fathers were Civil War veterans. And this incredible feature just kind of connects the dots that Believe it or not, we're not that far removed from what many of us think was so long ago that to have children of the Civil War still with us. Now, I probably think there's less than five remaining in the country that might be children of the Confederacy or of the Yankees, them darn Yankees. But we, we still, to my knowledge, have a handful. And we're going to tell you all about the incredible stories of Lewis Gay, who fought for the Confederates from Florida and Northern soldier William Upham as he was a soldier from Wisconsin. That's coming up next. And then later this hour, we're going to, since we're broadcasting this week from Oxford, Mississippi, we're going to welcome in for the Oxford Tourism Associations. They have the Double Decker Arts Fest going on next weekend. And Leanne Stubbs, she's the coordinator of the Double Decker Arts Fest, will be stopping by to tell us about this incredible event that happens each April in the charming town of oxford mississippi so leanne will be joining us later this hour in our festive south feature when we get to hour two here in oxford boy they have a lot of cool things that one of the things that oxford does better than just about any town in america books and authors and the probably greatest bookstore in the south is located right here square books they have a couple of locations they have square books off square books they even have square books junior a kids bookstore all right here on the Oxford Square. And the Square Books location has authors stop by almost every day. And so at the start of hour two, we're going to go through the list of authors who are stopping by Square Books from today until the end of April. There's about a half dozen authors that are going to be coming in in just the next few days. And some of them you might have heard, some of them you need to know about. And so we'll spotlight authors and their great books. Some of them have no connection to Mississippi, they're very well-known authors, but they make a point to go on book tours, and when they do those tours, they stop by Square Books in Oxford. That's coming up. Plus, in hour two, we'll look at SEC Sports Big News from LSU and, and, and twofold from LSU with the athletic director and the men's basketball coach, Will Wade. We'll get to all of that in hour two. Plus, we're here in Oxford. There happens to be a school just down University Avenue from the square called the University of Mississippi, 
And from that university, we have a show here on the Y'all Show family called Hotty Toddy Hotline. It was our first syndicated show, and that actually predates the Y'all Show by about 14 years. And A.C. Roberts now hosts this great show that's all about land shark sports, and he'll be coming on in hour two. He'll be talking with the co-editor of the website College Baseball Daily, Jake Mastriani, and they're going to have a conversation not only about Mike Bianco's Rebel Landshark baseball team, they'll talk about other SEC teams, so you don't want to miss that. It's the high time of college baseball right now in April, moving into May as teams try to jockey for position to get to Omaha in June, and we'll have a lot of college baseball talk courtesy of the Hotty Toddy Hotline's A.C. Roberts and his special guest all in hour two. If you want to reach us here on the Y'all Show, so easy for you to do that. Our number is 803-816-1170. Would love to hear from you. In fact, let me go ahead right now on the Y'all Show and thank a listener who texted me overnight, I think it was, and they heard our show on Wednesday where we talked about, well, I wasn't sure that I was going to make it to church on Sunday. That I, I, I've been a good boy. and I just hadn't been to church all that often lately. And I wasn't sure I wanted to be an Easter Christian, you know, one of those famous Easter Christians that show up at church on Sunday, on Easter Sunday, and you don't see them all year long. Well, I don't want to be that guy, <laughs> but I got, got to give a shout out to Jackson, Tennessee's Inglewood Baptist Church. Someone from that church, they didn't tell me their name, but they, here's the text that I got at the number 803-816-1170. The text says, heard you talking about church on Easter. Would love to have you come worship with Inglewood Baptist Church, Jackson, Tennessee. It will be at the ballpark at 930. And I had to do some research. And how about this? Inglewood Baptist Church is on North Highland in Jackson, Tennessee. A, a very friendly environment it appears there. And their Easter Sunday service is so big that they can't have it at Inglewood. They've got to have it at the home of the Jackson Generals AA baseball team, a member of the Southern League. In fact, the defending champions of the Southern League of minor league baseball. And at 930 this Sunday, on Easter Sunday, I guess you wouldn't call this a sunrise service for Inglewood Baptist Church. I believe the sun's been up for a few hours at 930 in the morning. But they're having a service there at the ballpark in Jackson, Tennessee. And I'll tell you what, unnamed texter here that let us know about this service going on sunday we sincerely appreciate it and if you see a tall goofy guy there at the ballpark on sunday wearing a bow tie and a seersucker suit it just might be yours truly that's that that is a great great gesture here on what is holy week and 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 perhaps i'll take you up on that offer there at the ballpark. Maybe they'll have a couple of, maybe a little batting practice go on just after the Easter Sunday service. I guess the generals aren't in town this Sunday and they're letting Inglewood Baptist Church stop by the ballpark in Jackson, Tennessee, Madison County, Tennessee, there in the western portion of the state. Thank you for that. And by the way, in Jackson, Tennessee, our show, the Y'all Show, is heard each and every Monday through Friday on WTJS FM 93.1. The talk of Jackson booming out all over Jackson, Madison County, and West Tennessee with an incredible station. It's got Steve Bowers, the local guy that's been on radio forever in Jackson. He's on in the morning. You got Jimmy Duke on after Steve, just like Steve. He's been on Jackson radio for decades. And then the lunchtime show, you got Schofield and McCoy. That would be John Schofield, Brad McCoy there in Jackson, Tennessee with a great local show. And then uh, 
Sorry, guys. They're the warm-up act for the Y'all Show, as we hear from 1 to 3 on WTJS 93.1 in Jackson, Tennessee. And then following me, I'm the warm-up act on WTJS for George B. in the afternoon. You talk about a fun show. I encourage everybody to go to the website talklegends.com or the talkofjackson.com. If you aren't in Jackson, Tennessee, tune us in on the stream there and listen to us. And then if you're lucky enough to keep listening either before my show or after, you can catch Schofield and McCoy, the Jimmy Dukes, the Steve Bowers. You can catch George B., the Caller Driven Show in the afternoon. A great station. I want to thank all of our Listeners in West Tennessee and in Jackson, and of course, everybody at 93.1, the talk of Jackson. And again, I want to thank everybody at Inglewood Baptist Church in Jackson, Tennessee, for the very southern gesture of inviting me to Easter Sunday service at the ballpark in Jackson, Tennessee. All right, let's get into some headlines here on the Y'all Show before we switch over and talk all things southern from both a Civil War spotlight and an Oxford, Mississippi double-decker arts festival spotlight. And our first headlines today, of course, it is the Mueller report today coming out, a developing story there. And depending on when you listen to us, perhaps on the Talk of Jackson or any of our other great stations and or the podcast, you might know a lot more than I can report right now. But this is going to be the redacted release of this report. And we're already seeing the Democrats with Nadler, Pelosi, and other Democrats blasting the Department of Justice before the report was even released. So more details to come on that, but we'll, we'll find out. Now, more importantly here in Dixie, want to let some of you know in South Mississippi, South Alabama, and on into the panhandle of Florida, a very good chance of enhanced thunderstorms and a severe risk of weather sometime today, depending on where you are, as this risk means numerous severe storms will be possible and a level three of a high-level severe risk category system is in effect in the coastal areas of Mississippi, Alabama, the Panhandle, even in the New Orleans area, as well as the North Shore of the New Orleans area. So keep an eye on the weather. If you've got a local weather station you'd like to tune in, or if you have a weather radio, you might want to keep an eye on that. And if you're getting us on podcast, again, we encourage you to go check out your local weather, especially if you're any of those states in the what I call the Republic of West Florida of Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, and the panhandle of Florida, but certainly this time of year, you can have these really bad weather fronts move across. And I think they're also expecting some bad weather in middle Tennessee today as well, depending on what time you're listening to us might want to check. You're always a good idea. We, we probably need to have a meteorologist here on the y'all staff and, and keep everybody abreast of what's going on across the South. Sadly, we have to report on today's y'all show that the former governor of Louisiana, Kathleen Blanco, she remembers she was the governor when, talking about storms when Hurricane Katrina came through Louisiana, and Blanco has now entered hospice care for incurable cancer. She's a 76-year-old, a Democrat who served as Louisiana's governor from 2004 to 2008 and has been Louisiana's first and only female governor. And, of course, she was serving during not only Katrina but Hurricane Rita as well. She was diagnosed and treated for a rare eye cancer back in 2011, and unfortunately it's returned and spread to her liver and she's now in hospice outside of Baton Rouge. The Louisiana House and Senate both held moments of prayer for Blanco. John Bell Edwards, a fellow Democrat of hers, who became close to Blanco, also asked for prayers in a statement on Wednesday. He called her a woman of incredible strength and abiding faith. Tough deal there, the former governor and first female governor of the Pelican State, Kathleen Blanco, now in hospice care in that state. 
In Tallahassee, Florida, it's being debated in the Florida Senate that teachers could bring guns to the classroom, and a debate has been brewing and a lot of a lot of anger, a lot of frustration with the lawmakers there in Tallahassee as Senator spent nearly two hours debating proposed amendments to a wide-ranging bill that would revise a law passed last year after 17 people were killed at Parkland High School in South Florida. This bill seeks to act on several recommendations of a commission formed to study the shootings at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, and the most contentious of which would allow teachers to be armed. More to come on that, and you've got a Republican governor in DeSantis there in Florida that would likely sign a pro-gun bill if it came across his desk, but a developing story there from Tallahassee. Now, this affects all of our states as West Point, Annapolis, and the Air Force Academy, Coast Guard Academy, and more. The academies that educate officers for the nation's armed forces have begun to implement the Trump administration's ban on transgender service members. The Naval Academy in Annapolis will ban people who are transgender from attending the school beginning with the 2020 school year. And the Defense Department confirmed that change to the Capital Gazette newspaper in Annapolis earlier this week. The academy there in Annapolis currently accepts transgender students and retains midshipmen who transition to another gender. But at the Coast Guard Academy, Naval Academy, and more, they're going to get in step with the Department of Defense philosophy on transgenders after the Trump administration has revised the rules. Now, as we're in Mississippi, we've got some news from the Magnolia State to pass along and This is not good news coming not too far from where we are in Oxford. In the Mississippi Delta near Memphis, you have Tunica. And Tunica, in the last 20 years, has become kind of a hot spot for gambling. And unfortunately, another casino is going to shut down in Tunica County. And this will be the third casino to close in the Tunica area since 2014 in the face of increasing competition and declining revenues. Penn National Gaming, they've announced that they're going to close the Resorts Casino Tunica on June 30th. And that will now leave six casinos in Tunica County in an area that boomed on gambling revenue starting in the 1990s. But again, this casino is called Resorts Casino Tunica, and they're going to shut down in June. And it is a sad thing to see these giant buildings that once had plenty of gamblers and a lot of people coming in from a lot of different states now shutting down in Tunica. And part of the reason for that is because last year, Arkansas voters They approved a referendum allowing full-fledged casinos, and they've just put up up not far from Tunica, just across the bridge in West Memphis, Arkansas. Southland Gaming and Racing has put in a huge effort on gambling and casinos as they've changed the laws in the natural state, and that's only going to hurt Tunica, Mississippi, despite the fact that Mississippi has the new law that allows sports gambling, but that casino there is going to shut down now this story coming from jackson the state capital from here in mississippi drivers will now in a couple of months be able to put a new specialty tag on their car that features the mississippi flag with a big exclamation or big asterisk beside it there because it's not even the flag it's just a proposal put forward by the granddaughter of john stennis who was a longtime u.s senator for the state of Mississippi, and a segregationist at that. But this granddaughter designed this, I call it a very stale flag that a lot of people have caved in and got behind because they don't want to support the current flag that 65% of the Mississippi populace voted for in 2001 to keep. 
And so they got kind of this crazy flag. Now, it's okay if you like the flag or you want to put it on your T-shirt or whatever, free country. But for the state of Mississippi to put this on state tags and make it look like the official flag when it's not is a little weird. Now, it's going to a good cause. People who buy these specialty tags, the money will go to the new Civil Rights Museum slash Mississippi History Museum in Jackson. So I guess it has a positive thing there. But yeah, in a couple months, you can put the proposed flag of Mississippi on your car if that makes you happy about that. In fact, it's got at the bottom of it, besides the two red bars on the end with a circle of stars, it's got on the specialty tag, hope, history, and some other thing. I don't know where they came up with the thing. But anyway, I like license plates. I like flags. And if Mississippi chooses to vote for a new flag, so be it. But right now, the flag of the state of Mississippi is, and it has been since 1894, the good old Confederate battle flag in the upper left-hand corner, which they call, oddly enough, there's a town in Mississippi called this, the Canton (laughs) of a flag. And that is what it officially is. And right here in Oxford, you have a lot of municipalities in the state of Mississippi, Mississippi who will not fly the official state flag. They either have a pole sitting there naked, or they put up, in some cases, the Stennis flag, which is not even a real flag. And right here in Oxford on the square, the county buildings have the official Mississippi flag flying, but the city of Oxford decided a couple of years ago to take all the official flags down. And I think one or two have the POW MIA flag, which is also a fake flag. It doesn't really represent anything. But, boy, it's become a hot flag around the country, and I don't like it. I'll be honest with you. I'm a flag nerd, and I think it's perfectly fine for Memorial Day, and it's a, it's a it has a good purpose. But it's become kind of a alternative flag across the country. In fact, the other day I was in Florida. I was right on the – I was in, what was it, Marion, Florida is where I was. And the county courthouse there had the the U.S. flag flying in front of it and the POWMIA flag. And they didn't even – they did not even have the Florida flag at the courthouse. And I was thinking, how could that be? And I know that can't be the only place that you see that. So I don't understand how that flag has become – Again, kind of the backup flag to the stars and stripes, but you see so many people doing it. And again, I know it has a purpose, but not as big of a purpose as, let's say, there should be a purple heart flag. There should be a gold star flag for the families who've lost loved ones. I see those just as important as a POW MIA flag. But for whatever reason, that one's gotten a lot of groups behind it. Beats the heck out of me. And in Mississippi, 46-year-old Lauren Stennis, her proposal for a new flag, it's got... Uh, at least some people behind it. But I bet you if you put it before a vote right now, the good old 1894 flag featuring the Confederate battle flag would probably still have a 65% positive vote for it. And that's why I don't think it's ever going to get voted on again. They're going to find some crafty way to get rid of it in Jackson, Mississippi, if if I had to guess. How about this story coming from Walt Disney? They're going to donate $5 million for the restoration of Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris, of course, which mostly burnt this week. Luckily, there was some parts of it that are going to be able to be salvaged, but the Walt Disney Company announced they're going to donate $5 million to the restoration of this worldwide landmark. Disney CEO Bob Iger put out the statement on Wednesday about the donation, saying Notre Dame is a beacon of hope and beauty that has defined the heart of Paris and the soul of France for centuries, inspiring awe and reverence for its art and architecture and for its enduring place in human history. And the Walt Disney Company stands with our friends and neighbors in the community, offering our heartfelt support as well as a $5 million donation 
for the restoration of this irreplaceable masterpiece. So a good gesture there from the Walt Disney Company in Florida. How about this good gesture from a lot of you, perhaps? Over a million dollars has been raised via Twitter to help pay for the damage in Louisiana, Opelousas, Alabama. Remember, we've told you here about three historically black churches that have been burnt, and they actually have a suspect in prison who's the son of a local sheriff's deputy there in Louisiana. And Twitter, a campaign raising a million dollars plus to help restore these historically black churches in the Pelican State. That is really good news. From the Commonwealth of Virginia, the former governor of there, Terry McAuliffe, has announced that he will not run for president of the United States in 2020. His statement said on Wednesday night, where can you help people the most and change people's lives? As you know, it happens at the state level. Terry McAuliffe, who's a very close friend of the Clintons, especially Hillary, not running for president in 2020. And that is uh, interesting. I guess he sees there's, I mean, I think just about all, everybody else and their brothers appears to be on the Democratic field this 2020 election, and he doesn't want to be a part of that. How about this story? In a cave in East Tennessee, a man who is has vanished while diving in a cave there, but he's now been brought to safety. That's good news. This is national news because where this was, Mill Pond Cave, the man who disappeared was Josh Bratchley, who is a native of the United Kingdom, and he was over in Thailand. Remember when those kids all went missing in a cave last year, the Thai youth soccer team? He was part of the rescue movement. And here in the Chattanooga area, he goes in a cave and has to be rescued himself. A crazy story coming out from East Tennessee this week. And finally, here in our headlines from across the South, hey, how about the Commonwealth of Kentucky and the University of Kentucky? They're going to have a new institute for Kentucky spirits. And it's all happening because of a donation to the University of Kentucky. Jim Beam Bourbon announced they're going to donate $5 billion to UK to establish the James B. Beam Institute for Kentucky Spirits. Sign me up. Want to know all about that. The bourbon industry in the Commonwealth contributes $8.6 billion to Kentucky's economy each year and also provides more than 20,000 jobs in Kentucky. So it's a big business. And again, at UK, you can go be a part of the James B. Beam Institute for Kentucky Spirits. Yeehaw. Well, that will conclude our headlines. When we come back, we're going to shift over from talking about bourbon to the Civil War. We've got something really special you don't want to miss out. And again, later this hour, Leanne Stubbs from Oxford, Mississippi. She's going to come on and tell us all about next week's Double Decker Arts Fest. This is y'all. Imagine a mouthwash that whitens your teeth in just four days. Your party's this weekend. I'm so excited. New Act Whitening Mouthwash. Imagine strengthening your enamel. I'll take one of those brownies with extra pecans, please. Imagine safely removing stains every day. Coffee, ladies. I'll have an espresso. Imagine having a brighter, whiter smile in four days. New Act Whitening. Party time. I'm ready. Stop imagining. Start acting. Use as directed.
Dixie from the Ole Miss Band. We're right here in Ole Miss slash Mississippi land shark country this week. This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. And one of my favorite songs, probably my favorite song, frankly, is Dixie. And what an awesome sound provided by the Ole Miss Band when this place was Ole Miss. Now they've totally flushed Dixie down the toilet here. And anything else Southern is like uh, enemy number one for the University of Mississippi. And uh, for alums like me, it doesn't make me happy one bit. So anyway, this is not about the University of Mississippi. This is y'all, and this is our Civil War spotlight. So we're using the Ole Miss band from many years ago playing Dixie as a good segue to talk about the Civil War as we're in the month of April. And we have had for the last two weeks here on the show on Thursdays, a little spotlight on the war between the states. And what I know about Oxford in the Civil War, well, this place, uh, it had some... It had some bad things happen here. In fact, Oxford was burnt down by them darn Yankees. Kansas Jayhawkers burnt Oxford down in 1864. The entire square was lit up. The courthouse was burnt. And and during the time of the Civil War here in Oxford, the northern troops had come down from Corinth into Holly Springs. And General Grant, U.S. Grant, had his forces at College Hill right here in the same county, 30,000 of them. We're in Oxford, Mississippi, and they issued a very famous order. I think it was General Order Number 7, I think. I'm not 100% sure on that. But General Grant became so frustrated with his troops being harassed by General Nathan Bedford Forrest and others that were kind of in the area during the Civil War. And he also was upset at Jewish cotton brokers who kept the cotton industry going during the war somehow and he issued this general order which essentially it was probably the worst thing to ever happen to jews in america and this thing the reason i know about it there's a sign right here at the jail where the order was issued in 1863 i think and this whole order was very anti-semitic in fact when general grant became a candidate for president after the civil war in the 1870s this whole thing came back up again. It should have derailed his presidential bid. Somehow, I guess the country overlooked it. But look it up. General order. I think it's number seven. I'm not 100% sure. I should know this stuff. I know it's a very low number. And it came from General Ulysses S. Grant. And he ordered that right here in Oxford, Mississippi. And again, it was brought up when he was running for president. Pretty wild stuff. Of course, the South then, as it does now, has had many Jews. Many Jews fought for the Confederacy. In fact, the first Jewish cabinet position in American history was occupied by a Confederate named Judah Benjamin. Judah Benjamin was actually born in what's now the Virgin Islands, but I think he lived in New Orleans at the time of the Civil War, but he was the sort of the Secretary of State of the Confederacy, and he was a Jew named Judah Benjamin. How about that? coming to you from oxford mississippi jacob thompson lived here in oxford mississippi he was a a congressman prior to the civil war and during the civil war he and jefferson davis were close and jacob thompson he is connected to the whole lincoln assassination he actually was working in canada sort of an ambassador of of sorts and they tried to trace him to the lincoln assassination they couldn't do it he he was not ever tried for the assassination of lincoln but he was his home here 
which was just across from where Roanoke is, the home of William Faulkner. It was burnt to the ground. Actually, the family that the that we're going to tell you about in hour two, the owner of Square Books, Richard Howorth, Richard Howorth, who became a mayor of Oxford back in the 2000s, early 2000s, he grew up on the property of where Jacob Thompson's home was right here in Oxford. So that's just that's just one little town. This is Oxford that I'm telling you about. And no matter where you are in the South, there's probably a darn good chance you have some amazing Civil War history right where you are. And we encourage you to find out about it and learn about the Civil War, the war between the states. And uh, it, it's just its truly a, an amazing thing. I've been a Civil War aficionado since I was a child. It's part of the reason I chose to come to the University of Mississippi for graduate school. I loved Ole Miss and the tradition here in Ole Miss during the Civil War. They had soldiers fight at Bull Run. It's part of the University Grays under the 11th Mississippi Regiment. And the University Grays had 100% casualties in the Civil War. In fact, at Gettysburg, the University Grays, which were Company A of the 11th Mississippi, they were the only unit to hit the wall during Pickett's charge. They they went further than any other unit in the Civil War because they went to the wall during Pickett's charge that horrible day that so many people were killed. And it was students and soldiers from the University Grays from Ole Miss at that time, University of Mississippi, who were part of that. And there's a monument there on the hallowed grounds of Gettysburg to mark that. But just every every corner of the South and even beyond the South was affected by the Civil War. And that's why we are taking a little time out here on the Y'all Show during the month of April to give you some more Civil War knowledge. Now, here's something I stumbled across the other day that I could not believe that it was such a great quality video. It was done by the National Geographic Channel, and they actually tracked down two very old people at the time whose fathers were in the Civil War. These are children of Civil War soldiers. And we're going to hear this now, this incredible little feature from National Geographic. The first voice you're going to hear is Iris Lee Gay Jordan. And she was born in Florida in, I think, the 1920s. But her father was a man named Louis Gay, who was from Union County, Florida, and he fought in the Civil War for the Confederacy. You're also going to hear from a man whose father was William Upham. And William Upham fought from, I think he was from Wisconsin. And he fought in the Civil War, got injured, and was a, con- a prisoner in the Confederacy in Richmond for a long time. And Fred Upham is the voice you're going to hear. His father was in the Civil War. So let's hear a portion of this from National Geographic. And this was just done about three or four years ago. Amazing stories. And here as we spotlight the Civil War amazing that we are now listening to two children one from the north one from the south whose daddies fought on opposite sides of the civil war my father lewis f gay fought in the war between the states in company f 4th florida regiment my father historically met president lincoln two separate times My father lived somewhere near Lake Butler, Florida, where he enlisted in the Army, and he was sent to Cedar Key. He was guarding the people there and was captured and sent to the North to prison. While he was in Fort Delaware as a prisoner, he was exchanged and went back into service, where he was in several battles, the Battle of Atlanta, the Battle of Chickamauga, 
And at that time, most all of them, his original company had been killed and there was only about 20, I think, left. My dad was shot. He was a private at the time, uh, just being indoctrinated in the Army a short time prior to Bull Run. I'm sure he was in the front lines. Uh, both sides were totally inexperienced as far as wartime battles and stuff, both the Confederacy and the Union. They had had no prior experience. My dad had gotten this uh, terrific wound through the neck and shoulder with his mini ball, breathing profusely. He was with two other fellow soldiers who helped him with his wound. And according to reports I read later, noticing my dad was choking on his own blood, uh, tried to alleviate that by using the mouth to mouth such suction, which was unheard of during that period. And uh, evidently it helped. He was captured at that battle and sent to uh, Libby Prison in Richmond, Virginia. He was held in captivity for about a year, a year and a half. And the thing that saved his life, I believe, was in, at that point in the war, there was prisoner exchange, which a year or two later was totally out. And uh, if he would have been kept in the service, with the casualties, 50 or 60,000 per battle, he would have never made it to the end. My dad was married before to Martha Rowe. They had seven children. Then she died. And my mother had been married before, and she had three boys and three girls. So she had been a widow for quite a while. And then my dad's youngest daughter, Sally Tyson, introduced them. They got married in 1919. And when he was at the age of 82, I was born. My mother was 41. I said I was their last mistake. But he said he enjoyed me more than he did his others because when the others came along, he was so busy making a living to support them, he didn't have the time. My father met President Lincoln on the invitation of Senator Doolittle from uh, Racine, Wisconsin. And Lincoln had known partial uh, history of my father and had known in some detail his imprisonment. So during the discussion, uh, which evidently was very close and uh, very polite, um, Lincoln had asked him if he would like to see some field reports sent in by some field commanders on the battlefield, and my father said yes. So Lincoln had given him the reports to read on the uh, thing. Lincoln had known my father had been severely wounded, so he'd asked him to take off his tunic so he could examine the uh, wounds in person. And my father said yes, and he'd taken off his tunic and uniform, and Lincoln had uh, examined the wounds in the shoulder and neck in detail, and said they were very terrible. Lincoln was very concerned how the prisoners were being treated in Libby, and my father evidently told him they had been 
uh, quite fair treatment, no torture, no uh, physical abuse and this type of thing. I think the war experience changed my dad, but he never held any animosity after the war towards the Confederates and the Southern people. My father passed away when I was nine years old. He had been in bed for 18 months, but the morning he uh, died, they woke me up about six o'clock, and I went in, and I get emotional. And he said, Iris, be a good girl, and he died. If he were here today, he would say that the men in the North were just like he was. He, they were away from home and families and fighting a war. And there was no animosity on his part at all. Because that's what he said then. He said, you know, we were all away from home. Amazing stuff there. The voices there you heard from Iris Lee, Gay Jordan, and also you heard from Fred Upham. Both of their fathers fought in the Civil War. Now, after the war, Lewis Gay went back to Union County, Florida. He died there in 1931, and his daughter was just a few years old. We heard that story there recounted by her just a second ago. Now, William Upham, he was injured during the war. He got to know Abraham Lincoln. He ended up going to West Point. He graduated in 1866, and in 1895, William Upham became the governor of Wisconsin, and he died in 1924. And those voices you heard there were from their, the two children, those Civil War veterans. And sadly, both have now deceased. The Miss Jordan, Iris Lee Gay Jordan, she died in 2017. She died in Ormond Beach, Florida, and was buried in the Atlanta area, which is where she lived most of her adult life. But her father fought as a Confederate soldier from Florida. And then sadly, in December of 2018, just a few months ago, Fred Upham died out in Colorado. I think he was 97 years old when he died on December 30th in Fort Collins. And again, his father was a Yankee with the 2nd Wisconsin Volunteer Infantry during the Civil War. But uh, unfortunately, those two died. But I think there's still a handful of Civil War veterans' children left, their actual children. And it's just an amazing bridge from here, the 21st century, back to the 19th century. But hopefully you enjoyed that. Pretty amazing stuff here on the Y'all Show. When we come back, pretty amazing stuff's going to be happening in Oxford next week. We'll be visiting with Leanne Stubbs. She is the coordinator of the Double Decker Arts Fest, which is coming up next Saturday and also on Friday of next week. And she'll tell us about some of the great musical talent and the other great exhibitions going on with the Double Decker Arts Fest. That's up next on our Festive South on Y'all. Allergy sufferers, my name's Nigel. As a wise and educated owl, I know the difference between what's wise and unwise. Suffering needlessly with allergy symptoms, unwise. Getting a free 10-day sample of Zizol, quite wise. Zizol is the allergy medicine that's just as effective at hour 24 as at hour 1, which makes getting a free 10-day sample one of the wisest things you can do. So don't be unwise. Be wise all and visit Zizol.com for your free sample today. Use as directed. It's a long way from Star, Mississippi To the big stage I'm singing on tonight 
And sometimes the butterflies still get me when I'm in the spotlight. And some people seem to think that I've changed, that I'm different than I was back then. But in my soul, I know that I'm the same way that I. A Mississippi girl don't change her ways Just cause everybody knows her we're back. It's the Y'all Show on location this week, Oxford, Mississippi. And coming up in just a few days, it'll be the Double Decker Arts Festival right here in Oxford. This is the show that's all about the South. This is Y'all with your host, John Rawl. And yes, on April 26th and April 27th, it'll be Double Decker time right here in Oxford, Mississippi. And we have a very special guest here who is coordinating this year's Double Decker Oxford Mississippi Festival. It's Leanne Stubbs, and she's joining us right here on the Y'all Show. Leanne, thank you for letting us come here to the Double Decker preview of the Y'all Show. Oh, well, thank you for having me. Well, we are excited about this, and I told people on the show earlier this week, if you've not been to Double Decker, I've been to a bunch of festivals throughout the Southeast, and this one really is unique. It's not your typical small town, let's have a parade, let's have some kind of contest and and that be all in fact i don't even think there's a beauty contest here unlike a lot of, uh, but it is a great arts festival and it's a it's kind of a very classy arts festival which is something you don't often find so kudos on all that oh, well thank you yes we do we try to um get you know our art vendors are from all over we have 176 art vendor booths this year with a 147 total art vendors um they are from all over from the southeast we've got some from new york we've got some coming from california so they we've got a little bit of everything um and we're excited about all of them this year and again i have been with y'all all over the southeast and and even at some arts festivals or so-called arts festivals and you end up getting a lot of junk and i'll be honest at double decker y'all are pretty selective in who you allowed to come here and be vendors um well that is true well a lot of people don't know double decker is a juried show so just because you apply does not mean you get in we've got a group of anonymous members there's five or six of them and they jury the show nobody in our office is on the um jury i barely even know the people that are on the jury but they're um you know they're anonymous and they kind of go through and um we're real selective on who um who who gets in and you know we had almost 300 people apply this year and we were only able to let 147 in so and again those 147 that you'll find here are various forms of artwork not just people that have art it, it's it's all kinds of i think you have um, it's um painting and mixed media jewelry sculpture wood making so several different categories that people apply in and some again you just don't find even in specialty stores it's it's very creative stuff that you see and people come here as vendors from all over the country right they do we've got vendors that they're first timers this year we've had people that have come for 24 years we've had some that have come two to three or they take a year off so um each year we're getting new people and we we know we like that to keep it everybody changing 
And it ain't just about art when you come to Double Decker. It's about having a good time. It's also about hearing some darn good music. And how about this? You have Jason Isbell and the 400 unit participating in this year's Double Decker Festival. We do. We have Jason Isbell and the 400 unit. We're really excited about him. Um, the Student Activity Association with the University of Mississippi is the co-sponsor of that. They are the... Um, the SAA is the headlining um, sponsor this year, and we could not do it without them. We really couldn't get this music collaboration without the help of all of our sponsors. So we're excited about the entire lineup throughout the day. Um, we've got Shovels and Rope coming, Lucero, Duran Jones and the Indications, Emily King, Cedric Burnside, um, our own Kate King here from Oxford on Friday night. So we've got a little bit of everything for everybody um, to play. So we're excited. Well, again, this is not just an arts festival. It is a combination of arts, music, and all kinds of good food also here at the Double Decker Arts Fest, Oxford, Mississippi. And it is a two-day event, so you have stuff going on on Friday and on Saturday, right? We do. It is a two-day event, but it's really music starts Friday night at 6 um, and ends at 9 o'clock um, Friday night. We do have some demonstrations on the courthouse lawn on Friday, but art vendors and food vendors are only set up on Saturday um, from 10 o'clock till 530. Okay, and of course, I know y'all have got a direct connection with God. You're going to promise great weather. and Well, the 10-day forecast came out a couple of days ago, so we're looking. It's looking pretty good right now, but, you know, we always just like to say a prayer and hope for a day like today in Oxford. There's not a cloud in the sky. Yeah, well, again, here in the south, in, in the springtime especially, in the month of April, it's just hit or miss with the weather. And I know there's been double-deckers where the weather did have some big kind of impact on how things went but you do your best here and that's all all you can hope for all right what about our listeners who may not live anywhere close to oxford if they want to come here what's the hotel availability situation like um we have just gotten a hotel update there are rooms still available available in oxford um i think sometimes people um have the misconception that the rooms are sold out uh, but we do have more hotels in Oxford now, so please call. There are rooms available um, at different hotels, so call around um, and book your hotels. And There's about 15 hotels that I'm aware of. Several, um, you know, from the graduate, we've got Home to Suites, the Chancellor House, um, We've got the Holiday Inn, the Hampton Inn. We've got you got two Hampton Inns. Two Hampton Inns, the Hampton Inn Conference Center with Town Place Suites. We're adding a new hotel over there, so we've got several places to stay. So I would definitely um, call around and see um, where you can get a room. We're visiting with Lee Ann Stubbs here on the Y'all Show today, and hey, you didn't offer your place. Uh, well, I've got I've got family coming, so <laughs> and I shipped my kids off for the weekend. Uh, so. We're we're just teasing. Now I know you kind of help mostly on the double decker, but for those who aren't able to come to Oxford for double decker next week, this is a pretty good place to come year round, right? It is. Oxford's a great place to come for you know any type of season. We've got things going on in the summer, of course, in the fall. We've got football. Um, our you know our university's here, so that's always a big weekend. Um, Baseball season during the spring and even during winter months now, people are coming and just visiting. It's just a great place to come. Wonderful restaurants, wonderful shopping. Um, it's a beautiful town. I think it's something you need to come and see. And again, Double Decker is an event that usually draws, what, 50,000 people? I mean, it's weird. We've said between 60 to 65. It's definitely um, significantly grown in the last several years. So 
And if you want to hang around 65,000 people, come on down here next week. And if that bothers you, which it shouldn't, but if it does bother you, Oxford is a town generally that's not that crowded other than football weekends. It's very easy to maneuver. You can park. You can do all the shops. There's some really cool boutiques in Oxford, Mississippi, and unbelievable food that you can find here. In fact, on Tuesday's Y'all Show, you might not have tuned in, Mm -hmm. but we had a special tribute to Oxford's barbecue joints. Oh, really? We've got several barbecue joints um, here in Oxford, and they're all wonderful. Several of those are participating in Double Decker next weekend, so we're excited about all the barbecue that we'll have. Yeah, one of the neat things that Double Decker you do have is you have some of your local vendors of food set up around the Courthouse Square, and they sometimes offer food there that they don't even have normally throughout the year. They do. They've got special menus. They come up with special prices. And we do try to keep our food vendors here local because we do have so many great options for people. Yeah. So Oxford, just like all other towns in Mississippi, is known for their good food, good music, and a good time. And you'll have a good time if you go to the Double Decker Arts Fest coming up April 26 and 27 right here in Oxford, Mississippi. Leanne, for, for those who may want to get more information, what's the best thing for them? Um, I would go to um, DoubleDeckerFestival.com or any of our social media outlets on Facebook or Instagram. All right. Again, she's helping out with the Oxford Tourism Council here in Oxford, Mississippi. It's the Double Decker Arts Fest coming up April 26, 27. And again, Leanne Stubbs has been our very special guest here on Y'all. Stay tuned. We will come back with more of the All Southern Show after this break. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 1717. That's promo code 1717 at Vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Happy April 18th. This is the Y'all Show, and we are getting closer to the end of April, and the first day of May will be here in just a few days. Can you believe it? Well, if you don't, you, you darn sure better. In fact, today is Maundy Thursday, and many of you may be going to church tonight. I know I grew up going to Maundy Thursday services, and I don't know if I'm going to make it to a church tonight, but we've got Good Friday tomorrow, and then the holy week we've got easter sunday coming up in just a few days so for all of you who believe happy easter week and holy week to you here on the y'all show and we believe that not only are we celebrating holy week we're doing it in oxford mississippi all this week and we're right here continuing on with this second hour of today's y'all show in just a few minutes the local football baseball and basketball team here is the mississippi land sharks of the sec And we'll have a spotlight on the SEC. We'll cover all the headlines, Auburn news. We've got news on other sports in the SEC to tell you about. Plus, later this hour, 
Here at the Y'all Show, we have a sister broadcast program called the Hotty Toddy Hotline. It's a show that I started way back in 2005 with the great Billy Brewer, former head coach at Ole Miss. And the Rebels coach and I helped start the show called Hotty Toddy Hotline. And it's still in existence. It's now hosted by A.C. Roberts. And later this hour, we're going to turn it over to A.C. to have a conversation about SEC baseball with College Baseball Daily co-editor Jake Manstroni. And they're going to talk about not only the Mississippi Landshark baseball team under the direction of Mike Bianco, but we'll get Jake his take on all things SEC. So AC and Jake Manstroni of the College Baseball Daily website, all talking college baseball big time at the end of this hour. So you don't want to miss all that to come here as we continue on with this thursday y'all show but since we are in oxford and we will talk about sports later hey you can't come to oxford especially all you first-time visitors oxford and literature kind of go together i've always considered oxford and i guess i helped in this cause i've always considered this to be a literary capital of the south because of william faulkner because of john grisham so you've got two lions of southern literature two of the most famous faces one is known throughout the world for his incredible work and winning the nobel peace prize that would be faulkner and then grisham i don't know if there's been a better commercial author ever this guy with his books he's like a factory turning out books many of which have been turned into movies and unfortunately for oxford grisham doesn't really live around here but he's here a good bit He lives primarily in Charlottesville, Virginia, but he certainly has his home still in Oxford, but he doesn't live here all the time. In fact, he says he left Oxford because of the distraction of being a, I mean, this guy's a a superstar, John Grisham we're talking about, and he couldn't go anywhere in little Oxford without being bothered, he says. Now, the unofficial story to all that is his wife is a big horse person, and I think they got a better horse deal in charlottesville virginia they've got more acreage more seclusion and that's the reason i was told so i've only seen grisham a few times in oxford in fact a great segue here on y'all as we talk about books in the south the the one time i saw him in a lengthy visit was he was at the 25th anniversary of square books and in the 1970s this bookstore opened on the oxford square and Richard Howorth, who is an Oxford native, kind of a kind of a nerdy guy, to be honest with you, um, but he ended up becoming mayor of Oxford, believe it or not, around 2001, I think it was, served for about eight years as Oxford's mayor. So he knows his books. In fact, Square Books is probably the best bookstore in the South, and I only say what others say about it. I mean, how many bookstores have offshoots and they've got three offshoots right here in oxford alone they've got one for kids they've got a square books junior and uh, rather an off square books is what it's called in addition to their main store and i'm thinking they have had something else too i may they may only have three but yeah you can't help but notice square books when you come to oxford mississippi and great ice cream up on the second floor of the original location at the corner of what is that uh south lamar and i should know is it jefferson street maybe no pierce i think it's pierce street pierce avenue 
named after one of them darn presidents. That's all I can tell you. But it, it's a, a really cool location right on the Oxford Square. You can't can't miss it. But Grisham was in town for the anniversary of that because Holworth was maybe the first bookstore owner that gave Grisham a chance to have his books sold in his store whenever Grisham first started self-publishing books. And John Grisham's never forgotten that gesture. And, and there's about uh, 10 bookstores that Grisham always goes out of his way to patronize when he has a new book coming out. He'll, for example, he'll go to Square Books unannounced and sign about 500 books. And you can order these books. You can go to Square Books' website, squarebooks.com, and if they have them available, you can actually buy John Grisham signed books if, again, they still have them. And, and they have that for various artists or authors. And it, it's a really cool bookstore. Anyway, I was at the 25th anniversary of Square Books' opening, and they closed the street down literally to celebrate it. And Grisham was there and some other great authors who have been a big kind of co-conspirators, uh, for lack of a better word, with Square Books all these years. And so that's a, that's a cool thing. Now, if you can't make it to Oxford and you can't check out Square Books in person, go to their website, squarebooks.com. You can sign up for their newsletter and see all kinds of good books coming out. If you're a book person, and this is our book spotlight today on the Y'all Show, before we move over into some sports talk later, it is the best site. I'll go ahead and just say it. And I have no reason to. I don't own Square Books. I don't necessarily jive with Howorth and all the people there. But hey, for what they do in the world of books, they are good, good people, good, good connection. And one of the great things Square Books does is they continuously have authors rolling in and having readings in the store. And a lot of these are really, really good people. For example, in the month of April alone, Back on April 3rd, River Jordan, who is from Nashville, she stopped by, had a reading for her book, Confessions of a Christian Mystic. And that was just a few weeks ago when she was in town. And other authors, for example, Nicole Tisdale with the book Right to Petition. She was in town on Friday of last week. And just so many, many people. Now, I'll tell you, we've only got two weeks roughly left in the month of April. I'm going to go through all of the upcoming authors before we get to May 1st who are stopping by Square Books in Oxford, Mississippi. And some of these are going to be people you've heard of. Some you may not know who they are, but you're going to want to learn more about their offering. So I'm going to read them off, and then I'll go back and tell you a little bit about each author's book, okay? Now, starting today, and in fact, if you are in Oxford or you can get here quick, at 5.30 Central Time tonight in Oxford, they've got a couple of authors. One of the things they do at Square Books on Thursdays is they have what's called Thacker Mountain Radio. This is a syndicated radio show that goes out on PBS in Mississippi and maybe other states. But in addition to having music and comedy as part of the Thacker Mountain Radio show, they have books featured big time. And these authors come in and do a reading on Thacker Mountain Radio. You also can find that, I'm sure, on podcast options out there. But tonight in Oxford at Square Books, you will have the following authors in town for all the fun. William Alsop, who has the book One Over Confessions of a Federal Judge on His Journey from Jim Crow, Mississippi. So William Alsop's in town for that. And also you have not only an author, but a poet joining up on Thacker Mountain Radio. Mary Laura Philpot, she wrote the book I Miss You When I Blink. And then poet Emily Skaja will be on 
with Brute is her production. That's on tonight on Thacker Mountain Radio. Now, next week at, at Square Books, remember next week's a big festival week in Oxford. So you have Double Decker Arts Fest. A lot of people coming in town for that. So they got authors stacked throughout the week. Next week, Miriam Toes will be in. She'll be on Tuesday with her book, Women Talking. She'll not only talk, but sign books. If you're able to get to Oxford and get her to sign it, it'd be great. Also, Drew Lenham will be on Wednesday with Earth Day keynote speaker at the auditorium on Wednesday. Then you have a couple of brothers who are kind of famous in the chef world, Matt and Ted Lee. And they'll be in to talk about hot box inside catering, the food world's riskiest business. And this will be Thursday of next week. Matt and Ted Lee. More on them in just a second. On Friday, heading into the weekend, you have a little bit different. Thacker Mountain Radio will be on Friday, all because of the Double Decker Arts Fest. Helen Ellis will be on Thacker Mountain Radio with Southern Lady Code. That's her new book. We'll tell you about that in just a second. Hey, by the way, this isn't an author coming in on Double Decker Saturday, but it's Independent Bookstore Day on April 27th. So happy Independent Bookstore Day. And then the last author scheduled to stop by Square Books in the month of April is going to be on Tuesday, April 30th, when Diane McPhail will be dropping by with The Abolitionist Daughter. And that will be on third, uh, Tuesday afternoon at 530 on the 30th of April. So that's your listing of authors coming in now to dive in and learn a little bit more about some of these folks. Let's look at the first author that's going to be in town today, and that will be William Alsop, who wrote the book One Over, Reflections of a Federal Judge on His Journey from Jim Crow, Mississippi. And this is a book about what it was like to grow up white in Mississippi as the civil rights movement exploded in the 1950s and in the 1960s. And Alsop has his book again. He went on to become a federal judge. He was born in 1945 and went to school at Mississippi State University. And while he was there, the first black student would enroll at MSU during that time period. He went on to clerk for U.S. Supreme Court Justice William O. Douglas, worked on abortion cases, and then returned to Mississippi where he practiced civil rights law before eventually relocating to California as a trial lawyer. And he was nominated in 1999 by President Bill Clinton and confirmed by the Senate as a U.S. District Judge in San Francisco. And he's presided over a number of high-profile trials and has had more than 200 of his opinions reprinted in official legal reports. And he's the author also of a book called Such a Landscape and Missing in the Minerts. He's married with two children and two grandchildren. Again, this is a Mississippi native who lives in California now, but he's got this book out, Judge William Alsop. And the book is called One Over Reflections of a Federal Judge on His Journey from Jim Crow, Mississippi. And Judge, I hope this is a positive book. I'm not sure. Sometimes, a lot of times, a lot of books, especially about Mississippi, are nothing but uh, complete slams. Not to say Mississippi's been perfect. It hasn't. But sometimes it seems like, especially the movies, every time Ghost of Mississippi runs on some kind of cable channel, people make a declaration that they will never step foot in this state. And I'll tell you what, a lot of that movie is Hollywood. It's a Hollywood hoax. It's fake news. All right. Also in Oxford tonight, you have author Mary Laura Philpot and her book, which is out now, came out April 2nd. I miss you when I blink. And it is 
a, a great little book that you can check out and, and learn more about the author who writes essays and examines the overlap of the absurd and the profound in everyday life. She's been featured online in the New York Times, the Washington Post, L.A. Times, and more. She's the founding editor of Musing, which is an online magazine, and she's also been part of an Emmy-winning co-host of a show called A Word on Words on Nashville Public Television. She's also wrote and illustrated the humor book Penguins with People Problems. Mary Laura lives in Nashville with her family. Mary Laura Philpot is who we're talking about, and Again, this book is out called I Miss You When I Blank Essays, and it's from Mrs. Philpott of Nashville, Tennessee. And they say in this memoir, it has a observation about homework and creative life. Philpott takes on the conflicting pressures of modern adulthood with wit and heart. And it says, like a pep talk from a sister, I Miss You When I Blank is the funny, poignant, and deeply affecting book you'll want to share with all your friends as you learn what Philpot has figured out along the way, that multiple things can be true of us at once, and that sometimes doing things wrong is the way to do life right. Whoa. All right. This is, it sounds like giving us permission to be bad. Kind of, kind of like the, like that one. Also in Oxford at Square Books tonight, you have a poet in the audience, Emily Skaja. She is the author of Brute and the winner of the Walt Whitman Award of the Academy of American Poets in 2018. She's educated at Purdue and Temple University. Again, she's going to be on, and her website is emilyskaja.net if you want to learn more about this poet in the audience tonight at Square Books. Now, moving on, as we said, we've got about two weeks' worth of guest appearances and author appearances coming up. When we go into next week on Tuesday of next week, Miriam Toes will be by Square Books with her book, Women Talking. This came out April 2nd. It was named one of the most anticipated books of 2019 by Entertainment Weekly, BuzzFeed, the Boston Club. Boy, they are all behind Miriam's new book. And Margaret Atwood, a reviewer on Twitter, said, This amazing, sad, shocking, but touching novel based on a real-life event, could be right out of The Handmaid's Tale. And I'll read just a brief description of what this book's about. It says, One evening, eight Mennonite women climb into a hayloft to conduct a secret meeting. For the past two years, each of these women and more than a 100 other girls in their colony has been repeatedly violated in the night by demons coming to punish them for their sins. Now that the women have learned they were in fact drugged and attacked by a group of men from their own community, they are determined to protect themselves and their daughters from future harm. Whoa, pretty crazy book here. Miriam Toes is the author of six previous best-selling novels. Included in those are A Boy of Good Breeding, A Complicated Kindness, and The Flying Troutmans. And she's the winner of the Governor's General Award for Fiction and the Award for Fiction Book of the Year and all kinds of stuff. She lives in Toronto, Canada, so this Canadian will be in Oxford next week at Square Books, promoting her just-released book, Women Talking. All right, also next week on Wednesday, you have at Square Books, Drew Lanham stopping by to promote their appearance there as part of the Women's Auditorium keynote speaker. Then you have, coming up also next week, 
a good author stopping by and this is kind of a really good deal when i say author i really should say it in plural form because you got a couple of brothers who will be by on thursday of next week matt and ted lee and they're part of a, a good kind of shtick they've got going of two brothers involved in the culinary arts and they got a book out called hot box inside catering the food world's riskiest business and they'll be on thursday uh, next week at square books and giving you a little taste of what matt and ted lee these brothers are all about they take on the competitive wild world of high-end catering exposing the secrets of a food business few home cooks or restaurant chefs ever experience and these two brothers like we said isn't it great to see brothers get along i i know that is a good thing. I, I think they're in the Charleston areas where they're pretty much live or based. And they've got this book out that came out April 9th, just a few days old now. And they're known for their modern take on Southern cooking. And they've stepped them, steeped themselves in the catering business for four years, learning the culture from the inside out. And uh, some of this book was written up around New Jersey. But again, if you want to know more about how caterers work and the guys that do it big time, Matt Lee and Ted Lee, co-authors of Hot Box Inside Catering, the world's riskiest business out right now on Henry Holt and Company Books. Also on Friday next week, now that's when Thacker Mountain will be taped in, in Oxford as part of the Double Decker Arts Fest weekend. Coming in for that Friday taping is Helen Ellis, author of Southern Lady Code and this is an essays and she's getting a lot of praise and Helen, she's got a mantra and here it goes. If you don't have something nice to say, say something not so nice in a nice way. <laughs> That's pretty good advice there. And uh, here's some more Helen isms say weathered instead of she looks like a cake left out in the rain. Okay. Say early developed instead of a brace face and B cups. And for the love of Coke salad, always say, sorry, you saw something that offended you instead of get that stick out of your butt, Miss Prissy Pants. Okay. All right. These are 23 raucous essays that Ellis transformed herself into a dominatrix Donna Reed to save her marriage and inadvertently steals a $795 Burberry trench coat. It witnesses a man fake his own death at a party and avoids a neck lift. Uh, it sounds like a real fun book that has what uh, some say she, she, she left her home in Alabama, married a New Yorker and forgot how to drive and so much more. So it looks like a really funny book out again by author Helen Ellis. Southern Lady Code is the name of the book. And she's also the author of American Housewife and Eating the Cheshire Cat. Raised in Bama, she lives with her husband in NYC. And you can find her on Twitter at at what I do all day and on Instagram at American Housewife. Again, this is on Doubleday, Helen Ellis, author of Southern Lady Code. And finally, the last appearance at Square Books from an author standpoint in the month of April will come up on Tuesday, April 30th, when author Diane McPhail will be dropping by in Oxford, Mississippi at the book signing for the abolitionist daughter. And not only do they sign books, they also read from these books and you get to hear them and ask questions. And it's a really cool thing to, to attend one of these things at Square Books. And again, I consider this one of the best bookstores in the country, but certainly one of the best in the South because of the great 
I guess, trail that's blazed by authors to get to Oxford. I mean, this is not the easiest place in the world to come to, but authors, it's kind of like going to Fenway if you're a baseball player and, and playing in Boston there. It's just, and, or going to Wrigley Field. It's just one of the best ones out there, and they try to get here. Diane McPhail is an artist, writer, and minister. In addition to holding an MFA and an MA, she has studied at the University of Iowa Distance Learning and in the Yale Writers Workshop. She's a member of the North Carolina Writers Network and the Historical Novel Society. She lives in Highlands, North Carolina. That's in the far west portion of North Carolina in the mountains there, beautiful part of the country. She lives there with her husband and her dog, Pepper. And this book is out right now. Uh, 336 pages. Actually, it's not coming out now. It'll be out the day that she's in Oxford. How about that? April 30th is when this hardcover hits bookstores, The Abolitionist Daughters. And here's a, a quick little sample of what it's about. On a Mississippi morning in 1859, Emily Matthews begs her father to save a slave named Nathan, who was about to be auctioned away from his family. Judge Matthews is an abolitionist who runs an illegal school for his slaves, hoping to eventually set them free. One, a woman named Jenny, has become Emily's companion and often her conscience, and understands all too well the hazards of educated an educated slave must face. Yet even Jenny could not predict the tangled, tragic string of events set in motion as Nathan's family arrives at the Matthews farm. So it takes you back right there in the days leading up to the Civil War, and you learn about abolitionists, and you learn about slavery, and as a Civil War buff, I'll tell you, in fact, good segue for us here. In the hour, we heard in hour one today some voices of Civil War children. These were children whose father literally fought in the Civil War, one for the South, one for the North. And if you didn't hear that in hour one of today's Y'all Show, Find our podcast and listen to it. It's pretty darn cool to hear the the children of the Civil War. Yes, and, and unfortunately, both have died in the last two to three years, but we have some great recordings of them, and we still have about five, maybe less than that now, living children of Civil War veterans here in 2019. I know that's hard to believe, but it's true, and unfortunately, they'll be gone any day now, but for right now, there's a couple of left as, as far as I'm aware of. So pretty neat stuff. But again, this is a book, again, about abolitionism, which did have a very small, kind of very small trace in the South. Abolitionist, abolitionists were really up in New England. But we had a lot of pro-union people in the South. I mean, people like in East Tennessee was big time pro-union. And you even had pro-union areas, for example, in Mississippi right here. There's a great movie called Free State of Jones. Matthew McConaughey starred in it. And it's about how Jones County, which is Laurel, Mississippi, sort of in the south end of the state from where I am today, how they had a lot of pro-union sentiment even in the days leading up to Civil War and when it started. And and it was a hey, it was a house divided. What more can we say? And I'm sure you'll learn a lot about this in this book out from Diane McPhail, The Abolitionist Daughter. And that's just a good sample of of some books coming out and these authors that will be stopping by Square Books. Again, the website for Square Books, squarebooks.com. Well, thank y'all for listening to our book spotlight here on this Thursday, y'all show. When we come back, we're going to switch over, give you some quick headlines of SEC sports. And before we get out of here this hour, we're going to be joined by our Mississippi Landshark insider, AC Roberts. He hosts the sister show here at y'all for 
fans of the Mississippi Land Sharks Heidi Toddy Hotline on the air since 2005. And on today's show, we're going to listen in to AC's show for this week, the portion of it where he talks to College Baseball Daily co-editor Jake Mastriani. That is coming up in a few minutes on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Imagine a mouthwash that whitens your teeth in just four days. Your party's this weekend. I'm so excited. New Act Whitening Mouthwash. Imagine strengthening your enamel. I'll take one of those brownies with extra pecans, please. Imagine safely removing stains every day. Coffee, ladies. I'll have an espresso. Imagine having a brighter, whiter smile in four days. New Act Whitening. Party time. I'm ready. Stop imagining. Start acting. Use as directed. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. Okay, uh, two days until the first credit card bill's due, and then the next one's on the 12th. Oh, wait, wait, is it the 14th? Oh, and I don't get paid for two weeks. Racking your brain to make credit card payments? Simplify your monthly expenses with a credit card consolidation loan through Avant. Avant helps you consolidate your debt into one fixed monthly payment at a competitive rate. Apply in just minutes. If approved, your funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. Consolidating the debt has put me back in control of my finances. To consolidate your credit card debt, go to Avant.com today. You could receive a loan from $2,000 to $35,000. Use promo code 2929 and you'll get a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. Just go to Avant.com and enter promo code 2929. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 2929. This is a cow, a cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair, but cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 1717. That's promo code 1717 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. And we are here on y'all in an SEC town. This is Oxford, Mississippi is where we've camped out in this week. And this is the show all about the South with your host, John Rawl. Our number is 803-816-1170 and our website, y'all.com. And right now we switch over from talking about books to talking about the SEC. This is our SEC sports report here on the Y'all Show. As we do this each Thursday, and we start out not in Oxford, but in LSU country. LSU, the rival of the Mississippi Land Sharks. And man, the LSU Tigers have had some upheaval going down there. And according to reports, Joe Oliva, the athletic director of Louisiana State University, is expected to step down. No idea on the timeline, at least according to the reports that I'm reading online, but he has led LSU uh, for about a decade, 
and he recently reinstated men's basketball coach Will Wade following a controversial suspension that dragged into the team's Sweet 16 appearance in the NCAA men's basketball tournament. And I was very surprised to read on the show earlier this week that Wade had been reinstated. I thought he was a goner. But anyway, a lot of LSU fans have not been very happy with athletic director Joe Oliva, and it looks like he's expected to step down leading the LSU Tigers athletic program. So more to come on this developing story. And Paul Feinbaum, he said that Will Wade's reinstatement as LSU's men's basketball coach was baffling. He appeared on one of the ESPN programs and says that LSU and coach Will Wade have lost their moral compass. And again, he called it baffling LSU's decision to reinstate Wade as the head basketball coach after he had been suspended, especially since supposedly they've got FBI wiretaps with his voice on it, talking about paying for recruits to come be at his school. I think it was at LSU. Now, remember, before he was in Baton Rouge, he was leading the Old Dominion. No, he was leading the VCU Rams in Richmond, Virginia. And prior to that, he was at UTC leading the mocks of the Southern Conference. But yeah, Paul Feinbaum not holding back in his thoughts about LSU basketball. Well, Florida football coach Dan Mullen is not holding back against the Georgia Bulldogs, that is. How about this? You know, Mullen really fired up the folks here in Oxford and fans of the Mississippi Landsharks, who were then the Ole Miss Rebels, when he was coaching at Mississippi State. He, he would not even call this school Ole Miss. He called it the school up north. And now he's kind of taken that same shtick to Gainesville, and it seems like it's going gonna, it's gonna to really tick some people off. He told reporters in Gainesville that he likes to use the attendance to poke fun at rival teams and he's talking about the spring game, I think. He suggested that it might be 41,140 as Florida beat rival Florida State 41-14 to in 2018. And that was the uh, biggest beating of the Seminoles since 1976, losing 41-14. to and, and now when Florida announced the attendance at Saturday's Orange and Blue debut at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, it was 39,476. And nobody could figure out what Dan Mullen might say about that. And he quipped that, I'll let you guys figure it out. You guys think about it and get back to me. And a Florida fan did some research and found that Georgia, the Gators' arch rival, hasn't won a national championship in 39 years. And the Bulldogs have played 476 games during that stretch. So, again, the announced attendance at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium for the spring game, 39,476 and according to this fan who came out with this research, it's been 39 years since Georgia, the rival of Florida, won a national championship and the Bulldogs have played 476 games during that stretch. You reckon that's where that number came from? It appears. In fact, reporters have reached out to Georgia coach Kirby Smart for a comment. Haven't got that back, but boy, that's. That's some smart aleck stuff going on there with Dan Mullen, but he will do a great job. He did a great job last year. Florida had a very good season. Now, after their spring game, Mullen had some fun with the media. He said, listen, making it to one SEC championship game doesn't make you a dominant program. You know what I'm saying? I mean, two out of the last three years, we've been still been in the SEC championship game. So even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. This is what Dan Mullen, head coach of the Florida Gators, said. Now, again, Kirby Smart has not responded, but here is the deal for Georgia Bulldog fans. They have their spring game this Saturday, 
at Sanford Stadium. It's the G-Day spring game. It wouldn't be funny if the announced attendance for the G-Day game is 78,240. Now, why that number? Because Georgia has beaten the Gators by a combined score of 78 to 24 the past two seasons. Ouch! Ouch! That hurts. <laughs> but good. That's good stuff. Hey, as we told you earlier this week, Auburn coach Gus Malzahn, he's not saying what the order is going to be after his spring game. A day was held this past weekend. He's got four quarterbacks on his roster right now. And coach Malzahn says that uh, he feels like they can move the offense, but with the information they've got, they will assess everything and see where they're at. That coming from the Plains, Auburn, not really ready to set, uh, to make any kind of formal decision on their starting quarterback heading into the fall, but that's a good problem to have. So, hey, here's a story out from ESPN about under-the-radar stars on each of the top 25 college football teams. And I'm going to quickly go through the SEC players to see if you are if they're under your radar. And if not, hey, if ESPN identifies these fellas as possible great talents, you might want to look into them further yourself. For the number two-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide, defensive back Xavier McKinney is on the list. For Georgia, linebacker Tay Crowder is on the under-the-radar list that you might want to be paying attention to. Dan Mullins got a player on his team to be looking out for. Linebacker David Reese, the second part of this ESPN roster. Defensive lineman Justin Matabuk of Texas A&M. He's a defensive lineman there in Aggieland. He's on the list. Michael Divinity Jr. is a linebacker for the LSU Tigers and Coach O. He's on this list of people under the radar that you might want to pay a little bit of attention heading into 2019. And for Auburn, it's offensive lineman Prince Tega Wanago. He is a big force there for Gus Malzahn's hurry-up offense, and he's on that list. And those are just your SEC representatives on this list of the top 25 teams heading into 2019 and some of their under-the-radar stars you might want to consider. Now to the sport of college basketball. Kentucky's sharpshooter Tyler Hero says he plans to remain in the NBA draft after initially leaving open the possibility of returning back to UK. And the six foot five freshman said in a news release Tuesday that he is certainly planning on going to the NBA. He says he's ready to jump into that next stage. Again, UK guard Tyler Hero, NBA bound, it appears. And that is a quick look at some of your SEC headlines on this Thursday SEC report of the Y'all Show. When we come back, we'll continue our Southeastern Conference Spotlight. We're going to switch over to baseball. I'm going to tell you real quick the standing. Some good news coming from Starkville, just down the road here in Oxford, the rival school in the Magnolia State for the Mississippi Land Sharks. Plus, we'll have a special kind of audio sample coming your way as our sister show Hotty Toddy Hotline spoke with the co-editor of College Baseball Daily, Jake Mastrani. And that is coming up after the break on y'all as we close out this Thursday edition. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Mirabit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Allergy sufferers, my name's Nigel. As a wise and educated owl, I know the difference between what's wise and unwise. 
suffering needlessly with allergy symptoms. Unwise. Getting a free 10-day sample of Zizol, quite wise. Zizol is the allergy medicine that's just as effective at hour 24 as at hour 1, which makes getting a free 10-day sample one of the wisest things you can do. So don't be unwise. Be wise all and visit Zizol.com for your free sample today. Users directed. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When you're always on the go, what would you prefer? An office phone system? Hey, it's Rochelle. Sorry I missed you earlier. Had an errand to run, but I'm back in the office, so give me a call when you get this. Or one that works on your cell phone. No hardware needed, courtesy of Grasshopper. Oh, one sec. It's a business call. Hi, this is Rochelle with WayForward Partners. How can I help? There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. This is a cow, a cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair, but cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 1717. That's promo code 1717 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. Final segment of this Thursday edition, our next to last day being in Oxford, Mississippi this week. Hope y'all have enjoyed our time here. And we got again some special guests coming your way tomorrow. We'll tell you about those guests. A reminder when we wrap up here in just a second. But right now, let's switch from talking about various sports in the SEC to the sport that's really prime right now in the Southeastern Conference, especially in towns like Baton Rouge and down in Starkville, and right here in Oxford, it's college baseball. And quickly looking at the SEC standings right here in the West Division, Mississippi State, what a great job Coach Lamonis is doing there in his first year leading the Dogs. Mississippi State has a 10-5 and SEC record right now, 32-6 and overall. They're also ranked pretty high in the top 25 MSU number three, the highest-ranked SEC school in college baseball. Following the dogs, you have Arkansas at nine and six, Texas A&M nine, five and one, and these sharks right here in Oxford are nine and six, tied with LSU. Auburn's eight and seven, Alabama, the worst team in the SEC. They're four and 11. That's the West. On the East side, the Georgia Bulldogs continue to lead that division. They're 10 and five. The Vandy boys, the Commodores of Vanderbilt, nine and six. Missouri, how about this? They're an even 500 in SEC play. That's hard to do when you play 15 games, but they had a tie. Missouri, Mizzou is seven, seven and one. Tennessee, six and nine. Florida is six and nine. How about that? Tennessee and Florida had the same identical SEC record. Hard to believe, but hey, a good job by Tennessee thus far. And then with a little bit more success, they can have a winning record in conference play. Something that hadn't happened on Rocky Top in a long time. South Carolina and Kentucky are struggling. They're both four and 11 in SEC play. And as far as the top 25 goes, as we said, MSU from the SEC is ranked number three. Georgia is five. Vanderbilt checks in at number six. The Aggies are seventh in the latest top 25. The Razorbacks are ranked 12th. LSU 14th. Mississippi is 15th. And also in the SEC, the Missouri Tigers, great job there. They're ranked 21st in the latest poll. And the Tennessee Vols are at 25 this 
from D1Baseball.com. Well, here at the Y'all Show, we have a sister program for Rebel slash Landshark fans. It's called Hotty Toddy Hotline, started in 2005 by yours truly, along with Billy Brewer and the great Keith Sisson. And AC Roberts now has the host reins of the Hotty Toddy Hotline, and we're he's just doing a fantastic job. You can go find Hotty Toddy Hotline in podcast form. It's in iTunes, and you also can catch it on some great radio stations across the South, including Fox Sports Jackson. And AC, just this week, he had baseball on his mind when he talked to the co-editor of College Baseball Daily, Jake Bastriani, and they had a wonderful conversation, not only about the land sharks, but also what else is going on in the SEC. And here is that conversation as we wrap up today's Y'all Show. Jake, you've been around SEC and national baseball quite a while. You've been there, uh, College Baseball Daily, for several years. and So just kind of tell us uh, how this season's shaking out. Um, got a lot of uh, teams that are they're sort of upside down. Uh, of course, you got LSU and, and Ole Miss and State that are fighting for the top there in the West. So let's just kind of take a round-robin look at the SEC. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty, uh, pretty crazy year in the SEC. I mean, you could – uh, legitimately make a case for you know just about every team to to make the NCAA tournament. Um, and the East has pretty much uh, kind of settled itself out now. Looks like it's a two team race between um, Georgia and Vanderbilt, um, but the West is um, everybody except Alabama is still in the race. Obviously, uh, as you know, Ole Miss is sitting there uh, at the top right now, but there's not much uh, separation. So. Uh, I mean, from top to bottom, this is one of the more competitive seasons that I've seen in a while in, in the SEC. I mean, all the teams are, are generally pretty good, but I mean, like I say, top to bottom, anybody could win any given weekend. And, uh, you know, with that, there doesn't seem to be that one team that's just sticking out every week that's, uh, running away from the pack. So, uh, it's, it's made for some interesting, interesting baseball here. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, Ole Miss, you know, is, uh, we were fortunate this year that the schedule was really uh, light, uh, a little bit lighter going in. You know, who, you know, and you never know these things. You never know how the opposition is going to play until you get started. But you know, with Alabama being down and Kentucky being down, and and they really lost an opportunity with that Missouri season because you know I look at it, they should be at least one or two more games up. Um, you know, because they've got some. You know, the the back half of their schedule is pretty brutal. So. You kind of worry about that. They still have uh, have a lot of work to do if they plan on uh, getting, you know, making some hay in the SEC. Yeah, and I mean Missouri's surprisingly been playing pretty good yeah. baseball. You know? yeah, not a bad um, team. I mean, right now, is it as far as conference uh, winning percentage goes? I mean, they're they're third in the East yeah. uh, in the SEC. So, uh, but yeah, I mean that's definitely a series you want to try and take advantage of. But I mean, outside of that, Ole Miss has done a, done a good job of taking care of business. I mean. A big series win against Arkansas and a, a sweep of a Florida team that's yeah. uh, probably not as good as it has been in the past, or definitely isn't as good as they have been the past couple of years. But um, you know, that's still a, a big, big sweep to get those wins. Yeah, you know, whenever I talk to more of the national guys, I always we we always kind of talk about you know teams that should be a whole lot better than they are. And to me, this year, you know, Georgia is doing great, but they should always, to me, they should always be a team that's always right there at the top. And it it just boggles my mind why they're not a better baseball team. And and obviously, Alabama, you know, used to be great uh, perennial, you know, SEC talent. But uh, they're just not – maybe it's just because of a lack of uh, 
a focus from the athletic department. What's going on there typically with the Alabama team? Yeah, um, you know, growing up in Alabama, obviously those those teams, you know, uh, back in the day, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it's what kind of made the tournament at, at Hoover so exciting is because uh, Alabama was always there and competing for, for championships. But um, for whatever reason, like you said, I don't know if it's because of lack of focus on that uh, particular sport. Uh, you know, obviously they're not struggling at football. Yeah. Um, and that's where a lot of the focus goes, but um, they they just haven't been able to to get quality talent into to come to Alabama. Um, and I know some people make uh, or, or talk about the the scholarship limitations that they have, as yeah. you know, as opposed to other states that have um, you know lottery and stuff like that um, as being something that kind of holds them back. But and and it, it's kind of seems to be true. There's a lot of talent talented players in Alabama, and they seem to all go to. Mississippi State or, or Ole Miss a lot of times. And that's a little listening. Hope you enjoyed that. That was A.C. Roberts of the Hottie Toddy Hotline talking with College Baseball Daily Co-Editor Jake Mastriani here on the Y'all Show. And again, those land sharks of Mississippi, they are right there kind of pushing forward the uh, top of the West. But boy, Mississippi State's doing a great thing in baseball right now. By the way, the Sharks have a series at Auburn this weekend, so they will not be right here in Oxford. They'll be on the Plains taking on the Auburn Plainsman Tigers. That's a look at SEC Sports here on this Thursday. want to remind you, tomorrow will be our last day in beautiful Oxford, and you'll want to tune in. We've got more good stuff coming your way. We'll also be talking with Jason Nall tomorrow. He's the executive director of the Southern States Junior Classics. He'll be back on with our y'all.com Southern Golf Report, kind of talking a little bit more about Tiger Woods' win in Augusta last weekend, but what's going on on the PGA Tour as they'll be on Hilton Head Island with the Heritage Classic going on this weekend. Plus, hey, the SEC's got some golf stuff going on. They've got the conference championships for the women and the men. Men's coming up next week, I think. And Jason's going to tell you all about it. So some more SEC talk, but it's going to be golf talk coming up on Friday. All that and more as we wrap up this week from Oxford. Thank y'all for listening to the Y'all Show with John Rawl, the General, signing off. Have a great rest of your day. Products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. Okay. Uh, two days until the first credit card bill's due, and then the next one's on the 12th. Oh, wait, wait. Is it the 14th? Oh, and I don't get paid for two weeks. Racking your brain to make credit card payments? Simplify your monthly expenses with a credit card consolidation loan through Avant. Avant helps you consolidate your debt into one fixed monthly payment at a competitive rate. Apply in just minutes. If approved, your funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. Consolidating the debt has put me back in control of my finances. To consolidate your credit card debt, go to Avant.com today. You could receive a loan from $2,000 to $35,000. Use promo code 2929 and you'll get a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. Just go to Avant.com and enter promo code 2929. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 2929. Imagine feeling fearless when you walk into the dentist. Hi, I'm here for my appointment. Act anti-cavity rinse. 
Imagine a mouthwash that strengthens your enamel against harmful acids like coffee. Cappuccino for Sarah. While preventing cavities up to 70% versus brushing alone. I'll have a scone too. For a confident feeling in your oral health. Oh, hi there. Sarah, you look great. Act anti-cavity. Stop imagining. Start acting. Use as directed. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 1717. That's promo code 1717 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. Long ago, you wouldn't think of galloping on a horse while doing calligraphy. And you wouldn't have attempted to ride your bike while typing a letter. Yet you think you can safely operate a multi-ton vehicle while texting? Behind the wheel is no place to multitask. If you want to BRB, drive now and text later. Lives depend on it. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council.